Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. We've been talking about how to overcome temptation, tests, and trials. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into something that's getting a little deeper, and I believe I'm going to be poking the devil in the head. So because of that, let's pray and take authority against the enemy, because I guarantee you, when you start moving into this stuff, and I'm sure already, because when you teach the word, the enemy doesn't like it. Religion hates it. So there's a stirring of in people that if they're, you know, affected by the enemy, they, they act that way. And so we want to make sure that our minds are clear, right? Father, we right now say that our minds are clear, our eyes are open, our ears here, and we are expecting the Word of God to impact our lives and to do what it's supposed to do, set us free. And so we believe that and we take authority over the enemy that would try to rob, steal, kill, or destroy any of this Word from anyone in here and anyone out there in our live stream fam. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Well, we get this out of the way, number one, James chapter 113, God does not tempt, test, or try anyone. Right away, get it out of the way, this ain't God. When you're going through life and you're having these things come against you, don't look up there and go, God's doing this. Don't say, God is doing this. God's testing me. God's trying me. It isn't God. He's not doing it. He said he isn't the one doing it. So the Bible shows us where it comes from. You know, we, we live in a cursed world. There is a devil and there are dumb people, right? I mean, that's, that's just a fact. And, you know, I would say you could look at yourself and include yourself. And I do that myself as well. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 no temptation, test or trial, it's the same Greek word, no temptation is overtaken, you accept such as common to man. And now we looked at that and we recognize it's normal. So anything you're dealing with in life is a normal thing. It's not something that you, you go through life and it's no one's ever experienced this, no one's ever gone through this. No, many, many, tens of thousands, millions of people have dealt with this stuff, have been going through this. So don't look at it as something that's extraordinary. Make it normal. Even though it might be affecting you in a hard way, whatever the case may be, don't build the temptation up to where it's a super temptation. No, it's normal. It's common. And when you start looking at it that way, you can overcome. Amen? So don't make a big deal of it. If you do, you're going to give it power, and we don't want to give it power. But God is faithful about the temptations, about these trials, these tests. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Able is a Greek word dunamis, where we get empowerment. God will not allow you. So what is this saying? This saying, temptations, tests, and trials, they're all out there. It's life. We live a life of this. We're going to be attacked. We're going to be tested in, in, in life. And we, we understand that. But what you have to do is you have to see what is God's view of this. And God says that he's not going to allow cheating of the world or the enemy or even your life. He's not going to allow it. 
So what you are dealing with, I want you to hear this. Hear this, please. Whatever you're dealing with, you need to understand you do have the ability, the empowerment to overcome it. Now, now, please understand this. You might not know it right now. It might not be something that you realize that you have this power because it's, it might be an area you haven't actually needed to use it in. An area of understanding the word of God, the area of understanding you, whatever the case may be. But listen, God knows that when it comes at you, he knows you can win. We might not know it, but reading this, it helps me now go, wait a minute. No matter how tough this is, God said, I'm empowered to overcome. So I'm going to believe him. I don't know the answers right now, but I'm going to believe him. So I start by saying, I can win. I'm going to win this. All right? You guys follow me? And then he says, he won't allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, what empowerment you have, your ability to handle whatever it is. But with the temptation, with the trial, with the test, same Greek word, he said, but with it. Now follow me, because what God's saying is, is this thing coming against you, if it's attacking you, you honestly have the ability to overcome it. Because God wouldn't allow it. He wouldn't allow it. You guys see this? Look in the natural. Is this a natural principle? Yeah. Because a, a, a five-year-old isn't going to have that same temptation as, a, as an 18-year-old. Only to the ability they have. All right? The ability they have. So he's saying, in the order of things, this is how I operate. Then he says, but with this thing that come against you. Now look, with this thing that comes against you, he will also make, and that literally means to, to, to create something, to make something. He will create something, in other words, the way of how to exit the temptation, test, or trial. Let me ask you something. Is the temptation, test, or trial outwardly or inwardly? Inwardly. So doing this isn't literally leaving a temptation that's here. Now your actions of getting away is tied to what you're thinking. Because if you ain't getting away, it's because you're not thinking to get away. Common sense. But if I'm, whoa, I need to get out of this atmosphere, you are thought, process, action. Is this true or not? Okay, so the temptation, test, and trial actually is here. This is the battleground. So now I'm going, wait a minute. God said that if I'm dealing with this, I'm struggling with this. Oh, my gosh, hear me. So many people are dealing with things they want deliverance from. They want to be free. We all want to be free. There's things in our lives we want to be free from, and we try, and we're doing our best we can, and we're, we're trying to overcome. I have these talks with my boys because they're, they're growing. They're maturing. They're learning. And a lot of times they know things that they might be doing wrong or thinking wrong, and their attitude is more like, I don't know how. And the heart and the desire is right there. I don't know how. I don't know what. I wish I don't like it or whatever, but I don't know how. And we all have to deal with the I don't know how. All of us. 
But once we know how, we then put that knowing into operation. But, that does, I'm not wiping out that, but I need you to hear something, and this is what I explained to them. You not, cannot cancel out the enemy attacking your life. You can't look at it as if this is all you, only you, and nothing but you. So help you God. But there, there is an enemy that instigates. There's an enemy that manipulates. So even though that temptation, that trial, that test, the issue you're dealing with, you're going, I want to overcome. And you're doing the best you can. Understand that if you don't realize that we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, spiritual wickedness, we, we wrestle against evil spiritually as well as naturally. But the fight begins in the spirit. And once I realize that, then I go, okay, I need to also recognize that the enemy can't be eliminated, the devil. And remember, devil isn't specifically meaning devil, Satan. It's devil, M.O. of Satan. In other words, this is how the devil, Satan, operates. He operates this way. And in operation, we're talking about not just Satan only. We're talking about the evil of all demonic influence tied to Satan. Do you hear what I'm saying? So that's what we're dealing with. So don't think that, because see, the devil isn't God. He can't be at more than one place. And we make him almost out to God because we go, Satan's doing this. No, he isn't with you. I'm going to tell you right now, it ain't the devil. I mean, Satan. I guarantee you, no one in here Satan's messing with. I mean, he's doing something that's, that's literally affecting millions and thousands and hundreds of thousands. So don't, don't think he's, he's coming to your house because, you know, uh, you eat too much popcorn or something. You see what I'm saying? I mean, it's just ridiculous that we do these type of things, but that's, that's what religion does. We don't really know the truth, so we create our own truth. So also understand that that doesn't make any attack lighter because it's the same principle, still kill and destroy. So demonic influence doesn't mean that you're dealing with a lesser evil. It's all evil, pure evil, with an intent to destroy your life. But it cannot be done outside of you here. Do you see this? So when you're dealing or battling these things, understand that the enemy devil is also involved in this stuff too. And the quicker you take care of it, the, the, the better, stronger you become in everything we're going to be talking about, okay? So the devil, Diablos, we know this just by, we've talked about it so many times, but it, it's a compound word, literally means to throw to penetrate, to throw the penetrate. When you're talking about how the enemy operates, he's trying to get shots in your mind. He's trying to say, loser, you'll never, you're evil, you can't be forgiven, whatever. You know, it, it's your right when you're wrong, but he'll go, you're right. And you should let others know. And this is how the enemy operates because he's abiding by rules to try to destroy the kingdom. 
God's way of doing things. And that's what he does. He tries to get you to hear his voice. And that's important to understand. Very, very important to understand. That's why scripture says, take every thought captive. And, and by the way, that's all military term. In a military term, the word of God is saying, you need to be aggressive against thoughts that come in your life. You need to be in a position of, I know I'm in a battle, so I got to make sure the wrong thoughts don't come in. You entertain them, you're going to grow them. All right? They're going to get stronger. So be able to cast down those bad thoughts, those vain imaginations, as Scripture says, the logical thinkings of life. Cast that stuff down and let yourself understand that God's word, God's truth can bring freedom in your life. He'll set you free. But people don't get it. I mean, they open the door to the enemy. Deception comes in. And deceive people, that's what deception means. You're deceived because you don't know it. So you operate as if you're, you're fine, everything's good. But it isn't. You're deceived. If you're, and, and it's easy to see because are your actions tied to the way Jesus would react? The way the Word of God would react? Or do they opposite of that? If they're opposite of that, and you think everything's good, you're deceived. That's how I've learned. That's what Scripture showed me. And that's how I can call myself out. So if I'm trying to act spiritual and I'm throwing up the spiritual attitude, and then I realize, nah, Jesus wouldn't be doing this. The Word doesn't teach this. Then I know I'm wrong. So I've got to back off, repent, and go that way. Amen? Turn the way. Turn the other way. Repent. Now, God, I can't be able to say Nope, repent. Change the way I think. Change the way I think. Amen? Y'all with me on this? It says Ephesians 6, 11, we're not ignorant of the wiles of the devil. That's methodos, the methods of the devil. We're not ignorant, we're not stupid, of how the devil operates, how diabolos operates. And the wiles is something important. When you look at this Greek word, it's literally a mind deceiving or mind deception or mind games. So what the enemy is doing is trying to play mind games with you. And he likes to throw the stuff in that you like to think about. Okay? He likes to get the stuff in that you already are dealing with. Because we, we're, we're, we're creatures of the word. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. And those words come out, and that's what reveals it. I said, the words come out, and they reveal it. And so ultimately, we'll end up talking. Whatever we're doing, we're going to talk. We'll get it out. And that's the way it is. So we are not ignorant of those, the way he works, right? And we understand that in the action of the enemy and his attacks on our mind, the way we operate, we understand that we, through his attacks, can stop those attacks because it's our minds. I think the way I think because I think that way. I can choose to think opposite of that. There's nothing holding me back from going totally opposite of a certain way of thinking. Nothing except me. Now, that it might sound simplified, and I understand that. But what happens is, is we, 
Because we think are the ones creating the strongholds in our minds because of our thinking. Not because the devil built his castle in your mind. No, you built his castle in your mind, which means you can tear down his castle in your minds. Are you guys hearing this? You have to understand what scripture teaches. Otherwise, you bolden the enemy. You build him up to something that's unbeatable. It's, it's a demonic stronghold. And all of a sudden we bow to it and we succumb to it. And we're overpowered by it because it's the devil's stronghold. No. You built it. You picked the, the brick of I'm an idiot. I'm a loser. I'm a thief. I lie. I deceive. You did that with his help here, but you were the one building it. And that's why the Bible says, tear down. Tear down those strongholds. Well, if the Bible said so, that means you can. Because otherwise, it wouldn't say that. So we destroy them, amen? So you got to go into that mind. I know it can be a dark place for some of you. And you got to get in there and go, wait a minute, I know where that stronghold is. I'm going to start tearing it down. And one of the, the things I'm, I'm trying to teach my, my sons, and it took a long time to get this, is the renewing the mind. Because you can say, renew your mind. It's so simple to go, just renew your mind. But you have to understand what that means. Just say it doesn't mean that you're going to do it or know it. You have to understand. So I use simple analogies. You know, if you got a leaking faucet and it's leaking, 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 or something's broke, what do you do? You go and try to do. You got to take care of whatever's causing the leak. Either put out, take out the old washer, put in a new washer, or take out the whole the whole faucet and put in a new faucet. What is that called? In the Greek language, it's it's renewing, which means to remodel. It doesn't mean to make brand new in the sense of blow it up and make a brand new home. It doesn't mean that. It's a, it's a process of remodeling. So I explained to them, once you see something, once you recognize something, you have to remodel. Well, how do you remodel? Okay, I know it's this washer, the washer of how I think. Okay, it's this washer. It's, it's, it's allowing my mind faucet to drip. So I need to go get a new washer. So the new washer is different from the old washer because the old washer is wrong. So now I put a new washer that says, no, I have the mind of Christ. <laughs> no leak. Now, again, I'm simplifying it, but the point is, what I'm saying is, is until the new washer of I have the mind of Christ enters in, the old washer tries to stay. So you're renewing, man, my mind's messed up. It's, oh, I can't control my mind. No, you can. Wait a minute. Let me get this one. Take every thought captive. I must have the empowerment to do that if it told me to. Amen. Think on these things. Well, I must have the power to think on these things because he's telling me to. So all of a sudden, they're, 
the renewing of the mind, it, it becomes different. It's not something like a magical spiritual action. It's something that requires, okay, I get it. I'm off here. I get it. I'm dealing with something here. See, the, the deceived pe- person can get revelation to be undeceived. No, one's, no one stays deceived unless they choose to by stopping God's word. But God's word will always it, it's made to speak. It's made to set you free. It's so awesome because the son who was the word came and that word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that word Jesus is what sets free because I've come to set free. And we understand in his word that that freedom comes from truth. But truth on its own, can't set free. Truth applied sets free. Truth alone doesn't do anything. It's information. But when it gets applied, it becomes heart understanding. Information, heart understanding. Heart understanding operates application of truth, knowledge, which is wisdom. And God wants us all to operate in wisdom. Read Proverbs, you know. People go, what should I read? What should I read? Read Proverbs every day. Just read Proverbs every day. And, and, and it, it'll help you. It'll help you a lot because it talks about practical stuff that most everybody in here deals with, you know. I mean, I'm telling you, you're going to read it and go, you're going to see yourself in a lot of Proverbs. And it, it's easy to go, oh, my gosh, I'm so guilty. That's not what the word's for. The word is never for condemnation. This is... I want to free you because I, I, I know this stuff because of my own life. But I'm going to tell you right now. Condemnation does not come from God or his word. Condemnation comes from us because we're hearing truth that is counter to what we believe, what we know. And what happens is because that truth is affecting us, And you guys heard me say this a million times. The way you see yourself is the number one thing and issue of the faith. It is the number one issue of faith. The number one issue of your relationship with Jesus. The number one of everything outside of Bible. It's the number one problem in the world. How you see yourself. And if that doesn't change... You can't change. You have to change how you see yourself. Why does God bring Jesus here? He goes to the cross, dies for us, takes all our sin, takes the curses of this world, pays a price, rises again, and now here we are. But then he says this. Understand this, that you are now new creations. New creations. Old things are now passed away. Behold, everything becomes new. And then we stop because common sense now is showing me a whole new life, a baby. And what do we do with babies? We demand them to walk, eat steak, drive a car. Is that No, but see, that's what the Christian, the religious Christian faith does. It demands all this crazy, crazy stuff of works and legalism. And God's word never, ever, ever will back that up. Never. So here I'm born again. I've received Jesus, the Lord and Savior. 
I've been my years of, of not knowing none, nothing and just create opinions and false doctrines and bad beliefs. I've done that. And I've been through years of that. I get it. I've been in Bible college. I mean, that amplifies the stupidness. But the point of the matter is, is I've done this. I know this stuff and I know the battle that takes place. But a lot of times it's because of the dumb, goofy stuff I put in my own heart. Not because of a bad pastor or, a, or an evil-hearted person. No, it's because of ignorance produces ignorance. Religion produces religion. Bad doctrine produces bad doctrine. But that's not... God, God, do you, anybody ever wake up and go, wow, Ephesians changed. It, it's a whole different... It's something new in it. Nothing's changed in this. It's man. It's people. So we got to keep getting closer to this, closer to this. And what I've come to find out is the more freer you are, the more closer you are to this. Because this is what this is about, getting you free. Becoming less and non-religious to where you become salt of the earth, light of the world. That is not a religious statement, though religion uses that. It's a freeing statement. It's a statement of, I can make an impact. You know what? I like the word, I'm relevant. I'm relevant in 1900s. I'm relevant in 2000. I'm in the 1900s. I'm relevant in 2000s. I'll be, I'll be relevant in the year 3001. Are you guys understanding? That is what the word teaches. That's what the word is about. And so we get this. We start getting the understanding of this whole uh, instruction of, of the Word of God. Mark 4.15 says this, And these are the ones on the wayside where the Word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately. The enemy comes immediately and takes the Word that was sown in their hearts. Well, it shows me this, that the number one key of the enemy to a, a, a believer is this. He comes to steal the Word. When you come in here, I guarantee you, the enemy's number one, number one attack on your life is try to get you to not get the word of God. You're dangerous to him. I'm telling you, you don't understand. You're so dangerous to the enemy and his kingdom. You are. You're walking around. I mean, you're, you're just, you're a powerhouse. And he's, he's scared of you. I mean, that's why the scripture says resist the enemy, the devil, and he will flee. And the word flee literally means to run away in terror. So what, how do we get this big, bad, scary, evil devil? And he's going, ah, all because you go, well, yeah, I believe God's word. I can do all things. And he's going, ah, because if he sticks around, you're going to go, you know what? I'm, I think I'm going to go after you. So he's out of here. He's like going, I don't want to mess with you. But again, it's what the word says, and that's what we're going to abide by, right? What does the word of God say? He comes to destroy, amen? All you have to do is look at, look at, look at the beginning. What, what, what happened to Adam and Eve? The enemy comes in to steal the word. Did God really say? That's what starts off. Did God really say? The enemy's beginning is how the enemy operates now, and he'll operate to the end. It's who he is. Attack the word of God that's in your life. He couldn't attack anything other than what God's already told them. Are you guys with me? All right. 
He said, did God really say that? Come on, come on. Come on, the Bible's old, come on. It's irrelevant, come on. The Bible, the Bible doesn't even understand our culture. There's no iPhone in here. There's no TikTok. Are you guys, listen to me. This is what the world wants you to believe, that this has no bearing in real life. This is about real life. This is the only way you're going to live real life, and it's from here. Amen? All right. I'm going to give you five major ways that open the door to the devil. Five major ways. Listen, there's so many more, but these are five major ones. I mean, so many different things that you can open up to. And when I mean the devil, I mean, these are probably the, the greatest attacks on your personal life. But you can have personal attacks on your life just by, you know, having a cherry pie in the house. You know what I'm saying? But, but all I'm saying is, is, what I mean by this is this. When we see the word, and you're going to see this, it's going to happen. We're going to get attacked. There's going to be pressures in life. You're not going to be exempt from them. You receive Jesus, they're going to probably increase, which they do. Because before, you're bowing and following everything that wasn't good. But now you're going, nope, that's a wrong direction. And so that's, that's an influence. That's an attack. Y'all got this? We'll look at worry. First thing, worried. Matthew 6, 25. Jesus said, don't worry. Don't worry. And he's talking in this chapter about the necessities of life. Quit worrying about what you're going to eat. Quit worrying about clothes. Quit worrying about recession. Quit worrying about gas prices. Quit worrying. God is not up there going, five bucks a gallon. You've got to be kidding me. How am I going to do this? Five bucks Remember a heaven, a picture of heaven in Revelation? The streets are made of gold. You put up, you make my driveway gold. I'll own the world. I'll be the richest person on this planet. Just with my driveway made of gold. Can you, do you understand that? So God's not up there freaking out. Come on, Sadis, please help me. Help a guy out. Quit worrying. You're falling into their hands. Fearful, worried people are manipulated people. Oh my gosh, that's good. Tweet that, yo. Philippians 4, 6. Do not worry. Philippians 4, 6 is it. Do not worry. Do not fear. Talk to God. Talk to God. I'm breaking it down in, in simplified language. I'm just not reading the scripture. I want you to get this. I don't want to just say, you know, praying and th- praying to God with thanksgiving and, and do the Bible, though it is the word. Praying is communication to God. And I want you to understand that's what you do. You communicate to God. Well, how are you serious? All of you communicate. You mean the way I talk? Yes. Yes, you're talking to God. I remember um, when I go out and I'm doing stuff in, in places and someone finds out that I'm a pastor, it is the freakiest, weirdest thing. 
And I've had this happen many times, but there have been times where I have to buy something for the church or I'm out there that has to deal with love life, not my home. I don't, you know, go to Home Depot and go, I'm a pastor, I need these filters. All right, I don't do that. As a matter of fact, I do everything I can never, ever, ever to put pastor in front of my name. I was, I remember when I went to, I don't go to Starbucks at all anymore, but um, I'm, I'm tired of giving them my five bucks, which now is my six bucks, so I don't have to do that anymore. But the point is, is I'd go there and get my, it was fine. You know, everybody's cool. And all of a sudden, someone from our church starts working, Pastor Dan! And then all of a sudden, everybody that used to be open and free with me, now won't even talk. Same thing happened to Saveway. Same thing. And now they know I'm a pastor, and it's like, it's, there'll be no more ability for me to do anything, because now it turns into, like, I'm dating someone. It's all fake. Oh, did I go that way? Oh, no. Did I say that? Yeah, you used to wash that car every day. You don't wash it once a month. Why? Because you ain't dating no more. That armor all was just dripping off those tires. Now you don't even know what armor all is. Why? Because you ain't dating no more. You're married. It's real life now. Um, you, whatever. You know I'm telling the truth. That's why girls, guys, I'm telling you right now, it ain't real. It ain't real. So that's why you need to get someone to help you in finding out what is the real part. Credit checks. You know, all that kind of good stuff. Fingerprint stuff. You know, that's how you find out stuff. That's why people don't want to come to me and go, Pastor, will you help me in, in, in going on the process of getting married? I don't, you don't want my help because then we're going to get real and you don't want real. You want the fake. You want the fantasy. All right, moving right along. This is a singles conference, so we'll move right along. Just be real, guys. Be real, ladies. Get it out up front. Can't stand you eating with your mouth open. Let's deal with that right now because I ain't living with that. Just get real. Don't, just because you've got a BMW or something, all of a sudden you're going, <laughs> I can deal with it. No, you can't. You can't deal with it. You ain't going to be able to deal with it. Have them take their shoe off and smell if their feet stink. That'll tell you a whole lot too. You ain't, girls, you ain't going to want no stinky feet all the time. Come on. Now, what I'm saying is, is this. The reality is the key. The reality is the key. You want a reality. I mean, you're talking about marriage. Marriage is, is two people that are opposite, and we got to find a common denominator in the opposition because ultimately someone else might be coming into this thing, a child. And you were raised this way, and you were raised this way. Now what are you going to do? Flip a coin? I lose. Okay, we'll never spank. I, I, all I'm saying is, is you deal with the stuff up front. I just help so many people that choose to receive it. But if you don't, your statistic, guarantee it. All right, so don't worry about your future. Don't worry about tomorrow. That's what Scripture says in Matthew 6.34. Don't worry. The Bible says, for Peter 5.7, cast all your worry on him. God cares about us, people, but he doesn't want you to hold on to worry. It's very simple, isn't it? I know people like myself, I know people like that, we're used to doing it. We're used to making things happen. We're accomplishing things. I can do this. We're the hardest to go, all right, God, I'll give it to you. It's so difficult, but I've learned to do it. And the moment I've learned to do it, 
the simpler life has become. I had to really fight through this because I, I, I'm a worker. I will do anything and everything that needs to get done. And a lot of times I get in my own way because of that. And there are times that I've got to back them and go, listen, I've got to give this to you because it is really wearing me. It's stressing me. I can do it, God. I always throw that in there. But I can do it. Come on, I can. I can do it. You know I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's your son. Are you guys hearing me? I'm just saying it, we all have the, the battles we deal with. The point is, is ultimately we gotta, we've got to get to the place where we honor God in his word and say, you know what? Your word's more important than me being able to show you I can do it. And so we get it out there and go, okay, God, we'll get this done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cast it to you. All right? John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I not give it as the world gives, so don't let your hearts be worried. Don't let them be worried. I give you peace. I give you empowerment to overcome all this stuff. Don't allow yourself to get worried. All right, guys? Listen, this is the word of God to you. Don't violate it. Just believe it. Amen? Believe it. I know you have things that you have to, like I just said, there are times you have to overcome you. Times you have to overcome your, 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 your own abilities and say, hey, listen, God, you know, I'm done dealing with this. I'm going to give it to you. And don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with giving it to your best. There's nothing wrong with doing it, what you can do. Nothing wrong with that. But once you hit a wall, it's quicker to give it to him than thinking that you're a wimp because you cried to God. No, you're more of a man if you're casting your care to God. You're more of a woman if you're casting your care to God. Amen? Why? Because you're an obedient son or daughter. And I'll take an obedient son or daughter anytime. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. All right. The second thing is anger. Ephesians 4.26 will help you in this because first and foremost, God says you're going to get angry and there's nothing wrong with anger in the right way. So now eliminate that all anger is bad because that's a lie. That's wrong. It said be angry and sin not. So it says that anger and many times God's anger was aroused. So what we know is God, in that emotion, he has anger. We have anger. But that anger has to be tempered with the word of God, truth. We anger at evil. We anger at things that hurt people. We anger at our anger. We're angry at friends that aren't following what they know they should be following. So we get angry. That's good anger. We're not hating on them. We're angry because they don't, we don't want them hurt. We don't want their lives destroyed. We don't want them deceived. We're angry against evil out there. We're angry against things that they're trying to promote in schools. We're angry about that. But anger also has to be tempered with the word. So that means you have to realize that you can get so angry about bad that now that anger will influence you to go into different levels where it affects you physically. So it's, it's something we got to walk and mature in. Amen. So it says, being risen not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Wrath is a burning rage. It's something you dwell on constantly. That's what wrath is. You have anger and you continue to dwell on it, dwell on it, dwell on it. That's wrath. So the Bible says this, that when you have anger, 
Understand that, there, and when it says, don't let the sun go down, it's, it's an Israel timetable. But all it's saying is this, don't carry it in the next day. That's it. Just don't carry it in the next day. Don't allow the anger of yesterday affect your anger today. Because you, you can get some angry at something else. But let's don't keep adding to it, because then you become angry at the world. Anybody been there before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, oh, it's so simple. You listen to news, your favorite news or whatever, whoever, you listen long enough, you're going to be triple angered. So you just got to be careful. Be careful with this area of anger. Are you guys hearing this? Now, in the area of anger, it also will give place to the enemy because the enemy is aroused in the midst of anger. Have you ever noticed you can get angry at something and it can quickly continue to burn out of control. That's why you're not, you're not controlling it or you're not being angry correctly. So you can be angry at your children for doing something wrong, but what is the anger pinpointed at? Because if the anger's pinpointed not in the wrong, you're gonna accidentally pinpoint it at them who did the wrong. But the anger then comes into something other than the issue at hand. It becomes pinpointed at the person, which all of a sudden affects identity. Y'all know I'm telling the truth. We get affected here. And now what I did becomes who I am. Parents, be cautious, be careful. All right? Now, did they make a bad mistake? Did they do it? Is this the third time they did it? Like you've never done that. Four, five, six times. Come on, come on. So what do we do? We do it, we understand. There's something that needs to be helped, taught, instructed, whatever it is, to help them win over the negative. But they can't if it becomes who they are. You don't win. And y'all know most of you grew up that way. I know I did, where I, I couldn't win because this is me. This is me. And that's what I experience. How do you deal with that? You can't. You'll live life this way, and it's, it's messed until Jesus comes. And you start operating in this new journey. And then you start becoming free from your past. Old things are passed away. Y'all got this? Yeah. All right. So we've got to deal with anger. And anger eventually becomes verbalized. And that's when, when you start verbalizing, it's when it becomes wrath. It becomes excessive. And you know when people are angry, what happens? They start speaking out of that anger. You're usually not going, oh, well, I'm really mad at you and I can't stand you right now. <laughs> you might said angry words, but you weren't angry. Well, because that is an anger. Anger is going to go, I can't stand you. It's going to get, blah, you know, or there's just going to be that intenseness, whatever it is. You, you might not be a yeller, but I guarantee you, you get angry. Your words are not the same. There's no way in the world. There's no way in the world. It's anger changes. All right. So we need to uh, uh, stop anger because if we don't, if we don't fix anger, it goes into the next stage and it'll turn into bitterness. And that's the third thing. Anger, unchecked, always will turn into bitterness. 
bitterness, Hebrews 12, 14 says this, pursue peace with everyone. Looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Notice now, where I'm going to talk about bitterness, but notice how it starts off. It says, be a person that you're looking for, you're, you're looking for peace, all right? You're looking for peace. In the process of peace, it says that if you don't follow this rule of thumb, what's going to happen is, right here, is you're going to fall short, or that word means lacking, in the grace of God. When the grace of God is mentioned, what's it usually talking about? God's judgment toward you. So what it's saying is, is what happens is if you don't follow this operation of peace, you become judgmental. And judgmental means you fall short or lack in the grace of God because it's no longer about God's grace that you want upon your lives. It's judgment. And so now you're lacking in grace. You, you're, you're judgment, judging, 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 critical, 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 critical spirit. Why? Because you're, you lost, you, you're lacking in the grace of God. You forgot who you are. You forgot God's grace that you desperately need in your own life. That everybody is going to go, oh, yeah, I need more. But now you're lacking in it because you've become bitter. Bitter people are poisoned people. Now, let's, let's, let's look at this. The root of bitterness, picrea, picrea, and it literally means to jab or poke with poison, the jab or poke with poison. It's trying to penetrate and poison you. That's pretty scary, isn't it? But that's what bitterness does. But it's even more dangerous than that. More dangerous than that. Pursue peace with all, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness. So everybody understands that root is underground, correct? Okay, so the bitterness would enter in, enter in your mind, the seeds there, bitter, you're bitter, seed bitter, I'm bitter. Now that seed's planted, I'm chosen, chosen to be a bitter, I'm bitter, I'm bitter, I'm bitter, I'm angry, I'm mad, I'm bitter. The roots happen, and then it says, the root of bitterness springs up. It grows. Bitterness grows. Understand this. Out there, understand this. You might be bitter, but I guarantee you, if you are bitter for just a short amount of time, whatever, it, no matter what, bitterness will always spring out to reach someone else. Bitter people never keep bitterness to themselves. It will always go to affect other people. The root of bitterness springs up, causes trouble, turmoil. Bitterness springs up, grows to cause trouble. And by this, the growth of the bitterness, many become defiled. What? What? You ever seen a bitter person? You ever heard a bitter person? I'm telling you right now, they cannot stay bitter by themselves. They have to Instagram it, DM it. They have to Facebook it. 
because they can't stay bitter by themselves. Why? Because God said it doesn't work that way. Bitterness, when it roots in, it springs up, and that poison that you are poisoned with will now become a tool of the enemy. You are now working for Diabolos. The root of bitterness springs up, causes trouble. Many become defiled. That literally means stained, contaminated. Why? I didn't get, I wasn't, no, but the bitterness will look for good ground. Because we're talking about agricultural terms right now. So automatically, a bitter heart is going to look for someone that they pretty much know are good ground to receive bitterness. Anybody ever been in this position before besides me? Because y'all are looking guilty, and I know I'm guilty. I've been there. It's not, it's not a fun place. It's not a happy place. It's not a story time for your children. I mean, it's, yeah, it isn't because you know that this thing, it, it crops up in you and all of a sudden, it's not just you. You're looking for other people to poison. And all of a sudden, they're, they're, they're contaminated now and it's not a pretty thing. And this is what scripture is saying. This is not a good thing, people. It's not a good thing. All right? So we need to come against this. We need to fight bitterness because it will never stay personal. It never will. If you're a parent, I promise you, if you're bitter, I guarantee you, you've been trying to inflect your kids. Guarantee it. You're already doing it. If you're not bitter and you see someone's bitter, the best thing you do is help them get delivered, set them free, because if you don't, it becomes many defiled. Step on this. Step on it. Get rid of it. Don't allow it. Let's keep going. James 3.14. But if you have bitter jealousy, notice this, bitter jealousy, self-seeking. That's, that's your, prom- your, your promotion of self. You're self-centered. In your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Okay, in other words, don't, don't try to con your way out of it. Don't try to religionize it. If you've got this in your heart, know this that whatever you say cannot be taken as a spiritual truth because you're bitter. You're speaking what Jesus, what the word says, you're not supposed to be doing. You're not supposed to be attacking. You're not supposed to be poisoning, steal, kill, destroy. You're not supposed to. You're God's child, life and life more abundantly. And it says this, but if this is happening, don't boast and lie against the truth. The word of God is always going to reveal always. And then it says this, this wisdom that you're operating does not descend from heaven. It's not from God. The life you're living now, living this way, you can't be someone that can be taken seriously of you having a close relationship with Jesus. I praise him every day. You are bitter. You're not praising him. You're running from the word of God. And this religion, do you don't think the priests, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, you don't think they, they worshiped, they sacrificed, they did all that. I'm so spiritual. No, you're not. You're being eaten alive by poison and you're hurting other people. Don't pretend that's God. It's not God. It does not descend from above. 
Don't lie and boast against the truth. It doesn't come from above. It's earthly, sensual, demonic. Are you guys listening to this? Anybody that's got any bitterness right now, you're like freaking out. Oh my God. There's a devil in me. Get the devil out. No. Is this a condemnia? No. I, I, I'll tell you right now, if, I, if I'm sitting there and I've got bitterness, I'm like going, I need to get rid of this stuff. This is, I don't want this in my life. Good. You are a winner. Yeah, but I was, no, no, no. Yeah, but we all screw up. We're not, we're not without sin. So do we, anyone without sin cast the first stone? I'll say it because I'm not afraid of anybody picking on a stone and throwing it. No one. No one. So what do we do about it? We hear this instruction. We understand it. Man, I've been, I've been this way. I've been this way. Yeah, what I'm not, I'm not talking about this is your life and you've been demon-possessed. I'm talking about we're living life. And there are times when we can become angry. We can get wrathful. We can get excessive rage. We can get bitter. We can get bitter in our marriages. We can get bitter in life. We can get bitter with our kids. Are you guys hearing me? The bitterness isn't necessarily just one specific look. It's a process that poisons the heart, and then it can affect others. So we fix it. I don't want to be bitter. I don't want to be bitter. I don't want anything my children or my wife does, which is a list of long things. No, I'm just kidding. Anything they do becomes something that I'm bitter about because if I become bitter, I've lost. doesn't matter what they've done. I'm the loser. And at least I acknowledge it. So I don't want that. I don't want to be bitter. A, bit, a bitter person is a poison, contaminated person. You're stained. Let's get it out of us. Okay, but how? how? Father, you know the bitterness I've been dealing with. Dumb, see it in your word, dumb. I can't stand it, and I cast it to you, and I proclaim right now, I receive freedom from this bitterness. I will not walk in this bitterness, and I'm going to fight for my right to be free from it. From this point on, help me, Jesus, in overcoming and give me the strength and boldness. Thank you. That's how you overcome. Just that simple, that easy. Talk to him. You don't have to use it. What were the words again? Say it again, Pastor. Don't, don't do that. I remember doing the same thing when I was in there. I go, what? Yeah, how'd you do it? What prayer was that again? Because I'm sitting there going, what, how'd you pray that? And what were the words? And, and how'd you hold your hand when you're praying? And, and were you rocking while you were praying? You think that's funny? It's 100% the way I used to be. I remember an associate pastor that when he got really teaching, he'd do this. I mean, he could, he'd go like this. And I promise you, I promise you, I started talking to youth and I did this too. Because I thought there was something empowering about it. Because I was, I was young. I didn't know any better, but that's what we do. We're trying to think, is, this, is there something spiritual about this? So we need to get free. Four, pride. Pride. James 4, 7, God gives more grace. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble in the Greek pretty much is teachable. Teachable, and that's the picture of humble. Humble is not going, oh, I don't need that. No, I don't want a new car. I'll just drive the one that doesn't have air conditioning right now. No, I don't want this. I just, I just want to live, live simple for Jesus. That is a lie of religion. 
That's not being humble. Being humble is teachable. When you're teachable, you're humble. You're not prideful. When you're teachable, you're humble. Are you guys hearing me? Be teachable. That's all. Be teachable. You guys with me? Are you guys okay? Everybody okay over the, pride, um, the bitterness thing? Because I, you know, I want to get it, go from there. I don't want you to feel all bound and condemned because that's not from God. Anything we read in here, anything. You remember, I, I, I take weeks studying this. Can you imagine what kind of mess I'm in or could be in? Because I can tell you right now, I'm not Jesus. So I'm reading these scriptures going, Whoa, wow, that's getting close to home. But I'm all by myself hearing this stuff. So what do I do? I have to deal with it. I deal with everything in my instruction from Jesus. Everything. I don't ever get stuff to put at you. I get stuff to teach us. I'll never be that person. I know it looks that way. I'm communicating. I'm teaching. I'm instructing. But I'm telling you right now, and I'm being honestly serious. How can I be the same way, me as a person, doing this for over 35 years? How can I be that same person still? You, no one's that good. No one can fake that long. And it's because I believe in this. It's real to me. Same yesterday, today, and forever. And Ephesians never changed, but it'll impact my life right now. Right now, I know everything in the book of Ephesians. I know the in-depth teaching, instruction of it. If I can tell right now, I can read it and it'll pack my life. Why? It's a living word. Get religion out of your head. Get this, this Bible school Sunday teaching stuff out of your life and realize that this is about life. It's about Monday. And once you get that, you'll understand when you go out as a carpenter, you go out as a banker, you go out as whatever. You understand that this isn't about religion. It's about, I'm living life with these tools from God. And I become a person of character, a person of integrity. I'm going to do the best I can, but if I run out of best, I'm going to call God. I'm going to get some help from him. Help from my little friend, which is actually big friend. Amen? God does not want a proud, arrogant attitude. Psalms 10.4 says, a proud attitude does not seek God. And I've learned, man, I, and I'm telling you, you can, you can get to such a uh, haughty attitude, you know, attitude of all that. When you're good at something, when you do something good, you can become a prima donna. It's not hard. It's very simple. I mean, for years go, growing up, I was either captain or first pick. It doesn't matter if it's football, baseball, or basketball. I was either captain or first pick all the way up. And you get, you get an attitude. But as you also get up, you start realizing you ain't as good as you think you are because all the other people are rising up to the level, at the level you're going. And it becomes thinner and thinner and thinner the higher you go. And pretty soon, you know, you all that champion, but all of a sudden there's a whole bunch of all them champions. And it ain't the same no more. So you're going to either do something. You're going to recognize that I ain't what I think I am, and I need to become better. And that's when you start submitting to listening, hearing, teamwork, working together, knowing it takes a team, all that stuff. It just becomes so totally different, and you enter a whole different life. But the process is, is you, you get to the place where you have to recognize that because you can't grow until you do. It's impossible. I've seen it. I've seen guys... I've seen guys in sophomore year that were awesome, but they knew it and they wouldn't change and they couldn't go to the next level. It doesn't matter how awesome you are. 
if you can't work with the team, you just, it ain't going to work. Unless you're wrestling, and then you can be an attitude person, I guess. I wrestle too. But the point is, is it, it's, it's something that you recognize, you say, you know what? It ain't worth it. When I started ministry, I realized, you know what? No matter what, I'm not doing this for people. I'm doing it for God. So I'm not worried about feelings or attitudes. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm not trying to do anything negative toward anyone. I know, I know the word offends. It's scripture. The word offends. And sometimes I might say something with a little intensity to it, but it's not because I'm mad at anyone. I'm angry at the devil. I'm angry at sin. And I don't want you to be that way. I love you too much. I love people of our church way too much. I want you all successful, but I don't want you entrapped by Satan, by the devil. You're, you're entrapped. I read the scriptures. You're not free. You're not in a good place. Well, how do you do that? Understand, first and foremost, this package here might, might be the right package for you on a certain message. You might be looking at that and go, I don't like the way it package looks. But understand the gift inside is from God. And I'm not perfect. And Jesus said this, offenses will come. And everybody in here understands offenses come. Everybody. We all offend. All of us. We're not perfect. We never will be. Now, there can be greater intensity in offenses. But the point is, is we all can offend. Right? That's what scripture teaches. But what we also have to understand is, is to receive an offense, you're in the worst state. You're in a really bad position. Now, not as worse as an offended person that purposely is trying to get people to be offended with them. The Bible says in that way, oh, by the way, that's number five, offenses. I don't know how I got to it real quick, but it jumped right over to it. But in offenses, the Bible says literally that when you see someone operating an offense and that's now trying to get people to live that offense with them, to mark that person. And the mark that person means you get a magic marker. You mark them. No, you don't. <laughs> to mark that person, you put the marker cane on them. No, to mark that person is, is you mentally look at that person, establish that person is someone that I need to be careful and, and, and watch. I need to be careful from that person. That's what it literally means. It says literally mark that person that causes, they're offended and they cause offenses. Offended people, it's the number one reason why people leave church and the people that leave church that don't want to come back to church because they're carrying an offense. And it's weird how Christians will use it as a brownie badge. Like, oh yeah, I was offended. And like, it's a spiritual thing. And when you hear that, just look at the words right here. Doesn't have a clue about the Bible. They don't know God's word at all. When someone can take an offense and, and, and spiritualize it, there is nothing in God's word that shows anything good of an offense. As a matter of fact, it's more tied to a cancer. Should I say it's one of the actions that God 
hates. I, I think we gotta, we got to recognize these things. Offended people are people that will end up lying. They slander. They hurt. The third thing in seven things that are abomination to God is murder. You know what Jesus said? If you hate someone in your heart, it's as bad as murder. I mean, can you imagine that? When you're angry and hating someone? Jesus played that card, man. It's like, gosh. We've got to be careful about everything. But why would he say that? Because when it comes down to Jesus, everything about him is, I want you free. I want you free. I want you free. I want him free. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I want you free. But if you look at this, if you look at, and I'm going to end, it says here, Romans 16, 17, now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and fences. Note those, mark them who cause division and fences. Notice what it says, contrary to the doctrine you learned. You know, ultimately, when it comes to offense, it's going to be tied about God's word. They're mad about something that's being taught in the word of God. It always lines up to this. Something affected them in the area of God's word. Of course it's going to. The word is to never to spank you, to hurt you, because God loves, God says God spanks are for love. It's to correct, it's to edify, it's to build. Nothing in the kingdom of God is to destroy you. Nothing. Do you understand that? So when you're hearing God's word, reading God's word, something in God's word's going, whoop, just in a pair, whoop, that struck a nerve, ow, that hurts. It's not going, good, beat him, beat him. That's not God. He says, there's a reason for it. I want you to have success. I want you to grow from it. I want you to win. This area is holding you down. This area is keeping you away. This area is, this area is screwing up your life. So how do you fix it? Parents, how do you fix it? You reveal the truth to the kids. You reveal the information to the kids. You reveal You don't sit there and hide it and say, well, you know. No. Natural principle, spiritual, spiritual truth. So understand that. I want people free. I want people free. But if you're offended, you are trapped by Satan. That's the scripture. Very clear, very precise. You have been trapped by the enemy. Scandalon. We get our word scandal from it. You're entrapped. You're not free. You're not spiritual. If you're offended, you, you're entrapped. God wants you free. The word wants you free. But if you don't see it, you're going to stay trapped. And that entrapment is going to continue to hurt you. And ultimately, I'm sad to say, you start becoming an enemy with God as a born-again Christian because offended people don't stay personally offended. They've got to get other people with them. That's when you cross the line. You want to go through the process of offense? Get over it. Let's win. Let's have victory over it. Let's, it's hurting you more than anyone else. But if you don't, you're going to try to get other people offended and you find out in the word. What caused more offense in the religious? They were offended for the word. What caused offense in those that grew up with Jesus? They were offended because of who he was. They were familiar with him. They could not what? Receive the word. It's always tied to this stuff. 
They said, how can he know so much? They saw it. How can he do so many miracles? They saw it. It's just Jesus, carpenter's boy. He's one of us. He's from our body. And the Bible says they could not receive anything. An offense means just that. You won't receive. You can play the spiritual. That's what the Sadducees, Pharisees, and scribes did. You can play it. But an offense, I promise you, you're not spiritual. You're bound. And people need to help you be unbound. And they cannot pretend with you. They cannot play with you. You got to Son, you're offended. You got to stop this. You're entrapped. Wife, you're offended. Husband, you're offended. You got to stop this. You're entrapped. We're not playing into the hand of your, your spiritual hearing by the Holy Spirit. No, you're offended. It's scriptural. It's in the Bible. We're not running from the word. We're running to the word. Let's be free. And once that person goes, oh my gosh, you're right. This is so wrong. I don't want to be this way. And then we all start getting excited because no one wants you that way. No one wants, everybody wants everybody free. Amen, church. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.